Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo and into 2020. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. On every episode of Status Life with Lita, we take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. We want to take your life out of the status quo and into 2020. My name is Derek Hayes, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Hello. Good afternoon. It's good to see you again. And Thank I want to start you. by, before we get into the questions, before we begin that part of it, a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all of your home and gift needs. And by the law office of Derek M. Hayes, injured in Georgia, make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Well, today's show, I want to get into the topic, but before we do that, I understand you had the honor of uh, uh, receiving word this week that you've won another year in a row, uh, a, a specific um, acknowledgement from Gwinnett Magazine. So tell us about that. I did. So the store is in Gwinnett County, and we were nominated and received the votes to be Best of Gwinnett in both categories that we were nominated, which is Best Interior Design Firm and Best Furniture Store. So that's a huge honor. Uh, Gwinnett County is a, oh, yay, <laughs> thank you. And you can't see it, but we're doing the wave right yeah. now in the studio. <laughs> it, it's wonderful. I know that when I go into restaurants locally and they have the best, uh, best of Gwinnett plaques, you just know that the people have voted on that. So it's an honor to have that plaque in our store and just to be able to, to be a part of that organization. And that's true, it is voted on. So you've been yes. voted on now in two categories, two years in a row, that's terrific. Now I also know that this Saturday coming up, there's a special event at Status. So could you tell us about that? So the first Saturday of every month, we have coined the phrase and the event Status Super Saturday. It is, we basically just throw a big party. Uh, lots of the merchandise will be on sale. This is St. Patrick's Day themed, so wear your green. We do giveaways all day long. There's uh, classes, demonstrations going on, always an activity for the kids, and we serve cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. I think a lot of people will be showing up because of that last They part. are the busiest day of the month. It's yes. a wonderful status, time. Status Super Saturday. And it's crowded. It's very, very crowded. Fun. Very fun. Well, during last show, we began a conversation about the difference between an interior decorator and an interior designer. And before meeting you, I really didn't understand the difference. I didn't know there was a difference. Um, so with that being said, I want to start with a recap again of the difference between the two, an interior decorator as opposed to an interior designer. You know, once we started digging into all this to lay it out in a show format, we could probably do 10 shows on this. I mean, there is so much information out there. So I decided to bring part two to today's segment. So going back to the beginning, an interior designer takes much more education and training than an interior decorator. The two terms are not used interchangeably, but an interior designer can be a decorator, but a decorator can't be a designer. And that's really important to remember. So let's talk about decorating. Decorating is included under the umbrella of design, but it includes floor coverings, paint colors, accessory items, and furnishings. 
It's the fluff. When you finish a project, a decorator is the one that comes in and makes it look beautiful. And I said before on the last show, it is a very lucrative career. I'm not trying to take anything away from a decorator. I just want everyone to understand the difference between the two. So let's talk about an interior designer. Because it is much, much, much more detailed, it involves ceiling and wall layout, window and door placement, lighting, construction specifications, space planning, and also you finish with the interior decorating. So again, an interior designer can do the entire project where a decorator only does the finishes. And that's a good way to put it. Apparently the decorator can't do what a designer can, but a designer can do not only their job, but also what a decorator does. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, can you give me an example of something a trained interior designer would know that maybe an interior decorator wouldn't? Okay. So I guess I should preface this by saying, I'm not saying there's no interior decorators that don't have this knowledge. Um, this is a, a general knowledge base. This is what you would learn in college and through extensive training. So an interior designer should know about load-bearing walls. They should know where to place a GFI. They, you should know what a GFI is. Uh, <laughs> Groundfall indicators, you need to know where they are placed. Uh, interior decorators are not necessarily going to have this training. Again, they're coming in just to make things pretty. They may pick out that you need a farmhouse sink, but they're not going to have the knowledge how far away from the sink the GFI needs to be located. If, uh, if you don't have the right outlet in the right place, there could be very serious consequences. You need to know, or I'm sorry, an interior designer would know codes for smoke detectors. They would know the ADA handicap accessibility codes, especially if they're doing a commercial space. Decorator Again, most decorators are not going to have this kind of extensive knowledge. And those codes can cover everything from doorknobs to accessibility ramps, those kind of things, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, anything. The, what, the height that you would need to hang bars in the shower. Uh, the, if you go into a restroom, what is the diameter for the wheelchair turnaround? There is a lot that goes into the education. And that's for interesting because not many people think about that kind of thing. But keep going, though. No, th I was just saying there's a lot that goes into the education for a true interior designer. My next example, and this is a good one. Last week, I wrapped a range hood in shiplap. It was an eyesore. We couldn't get it down. Of course, it's code that you must have a range over a hood. We looked at every possibility to get it out, but it was built up into the floor trusses. So my best option as an interior designer was to decoratively hide it. But as an interior designer, I have to take that a step further because this is over a stove. If I don't put a fireproofing sealer over it, I may have a real problem. So these are oh, the I little think about that. yes, these are the little things that you need to know. Not only how to make it look visibly aesthetic and and fix problems, problem solving, but you need to know uh, how to keep people safe. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. All right. Last example on this: uh, an interior designer. What's really trendy right now? The farmhouse look, the modern yes. farmhouse. We're putting barn doors everywhere. So you need to have the knowledge about the header over the door. Most times, especially in residential construction, uh, you're using wood beams. But if you're, if you're decorating, you should be designing in a commercial space, and you have metal studs, what if they don't hit the header and the whole thing comes crashing down? What if it is even in residential and the barn door crashes down because you didn't hire the right person or you didn't have the knowledge to make sure that it was up there securely? Sure. So someone in your home opens it, a child, 
uh, a guest, even yourself, and the barn door comes down, you as the designer need to have the tools to go behind the carpenter and go behind these installs and make sure that it's everything's done correctly. An interior de decorator, they really handle what is outside of the walls. Mm -hmm. An interior designer has the knowledge of what's inside the walls. The decorator can pick a really cool looking barn door, but they're not necessarily going to know how to have it attached to the wall properly for safety purposes. Correct. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then also, too, I assume as a designer, you have to know what's inside the walls as you go to, to hang things like wiring and those kind of things. Sure. A lot of times you can look at a kitchen and say, oh, well, let's move this pendant six inches to the right or let's, you know, let's uh, put some new lights up. Well, you need to know where the floor trusses are. You can't just pick and choose where you want to put things. You structurally have to know which way the joists are running and how you can tie into that. You can't just hang it in space. It doesn't work like that. So uh, again, I'm not saying that all decorators, I want to preface this so I don't start getting some very nasty hate emails from all the decorators out there. Uh, there may be some very well-trained decorators, but I'm trying to explain that being an interior designer the education that goes behind that, uh, the college education and the years of work experience, mostly in the construction industry, uh, give you way more knowledge than just coming in and picking paint colors and drapes and doing the furnishings. Sure. So it sounds like a designer is required, kind of a good word to use, to have that knowledge, whereas a decorator is not necessarily required. They may have that knowledge, but it's not something that you're required to have to be able to call yourself a decorator. Yes, but this is the problem with the state that we're in, because in the state of Georgia, they do not regulate that. Well, let's kind of skip ahead a little bit. Then what states govern interior designers if Georgia doesn't right now? Honestly, this was very shocking to me in doing the research. So I've been very fortunate that I've worked in a governing state and frustrated that I work now in a non-governing state. So the only three states that govern the practice of interior design, Louisiana, Nevada, Florida, Two other jurisdictions, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, also govern. That is it. So everywhere else in the United States, you can call yourself an interior designer and actually have no interior design experience. Wow. So you truly may have a decorator with just a good eye or very minimal training and education charging the same rates and claiming that they are an interior designer. Sure, I understand. So having the privilege of doing life with you and sharing life with you. I, I do know a little bit about your background and I know you were licensed in the state of Florida. So what exactly is required to become licensed? So you have to get your, to become licensed. Okay, there's three steps to get your interior design certification. Number one, you have to earn your degree in interior design. And getting your degree in interior design used to mean you had to go to it's called CIDA, the Council for Interior Design Accreditation. You had to go through the CIDA Accreditation College. So just because you had a degree or a certification in interior design, honestly, and, and this is where doing your homework as a, as a young adult and a young college person, you may pick the wrong college. Uh, you had to have that degree from a CIDA accredited college to be able to even sit for the exam. We're going to talk about the exam on step three. You have to gain professional experience. And three, you have to pass what is called the NCIDQ exam. It is the National Council for Interior Design Qualifications. Now it's called CIDQ. I don't know why they dropped wow. the national on that. 
but it is a very, very, very extensive process. And uh, I want to just make mention of the website. So I'm just touching on this, but if you're interested or you are an interior designer or a decorator and you want to become licensed, go to www.cidq.org. And that is going to map out. Now, there's many different paths you can take. You can get a certain amount of hours of work experience if you have a lesser education. Uh, if you have a four-year degree and you have a master's degree, the work experience is going to be a little bit less. So there's a lot of different channels to get your license, but they're all going to lead to the same spot. So I'm not going to go through every single one of those. Go to the website and, again, see which path works for okay. you. I want to touch on really quick one question that came in from the last podcast, and we'll go over that. The question is, and I'm going to read verbatim, do interior decorators and interior designers charge different prices? Well, this is tricky because piggybacking off what we were talking about, interior decorators are calling themselves designers and charging the same rates. So yes and no. Uh, you may have someone that, that on their business card or their marketing, they say, I am an interior decorator and this is my hourly rate. But what I'm trying to explain to everyone is you may have someone only qualified as a decorator and yet claiming they are an interior designer and charging as an interior designer would without the experience. So you may get mid-project and realize, well, my person isn't qualified. They don't know how to tell. We're, we're working on a kitchen remodel, and they don't know which one is a load-bearing wall. Or the GFI that you were talking about. That, right. They don't know where the lights can go. Uh, they don't know how the plumbing is going to run. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to go into this. You may have to switch gears and let that person go to bring on a true interior designer that is more qualified. Right. That's, that's a great recap of last show. But And we are going to switch gears here in a minute, and we'll go to the next part. But before we do that, can you just recap how someone could submit a question to you for a future podcast? Of course, yes. Send on the questions. I love this part. Uh, go to my website, statushomedesign.com. Go to Contact Us, and there's a form to fill out. It goes right to my inbox. So anything, interior design, uh, interior decorating, anything that you'd like to know. And even if you have an idea for a show, something that we haven't touched on yet or something that you'd really like to learn about, let me know. You can also go to my blog, statuslifewithlita.com. Again, go to contact us and there's a whole form there. So either of the ways, if you're checking out uh, the store and Status Home Design or you're reading my blog, you can reach me. And Lita is L-E-T-A. Yes, it is. It's I've not seen Lita. L-I, but yeah. It's, it's not exactly. Lita here in the South. Exactly. Well, today we do have a special guest, yes, uh, Lynn McDonald. And I'm glad that she's here in the studio with us. But I'm going to give you the honor of introducing Lynn. Okay. Hello, my Hi. dear. So Lynn and I were very fortunate. And we met last year. We were both nominated uh, through Best Self Magazine for Over 40 and Fabulous. And I am sitting next to Lynn. You have to see her. She's stunning. She was the overall cover winner for the year before. So we met at the reveal party. And what struck me about Lynn, she is, I'm absolutely fascinated because she is one of the most talented artists I have ever seen. Oh, thank you. Well, you are self-taught mm -hmm. and that we're going to jump into that. Uh, I know that you and I both share the eye for art and a passion for spirituality, mm -hmm. which absolutely goes into art. 
and can be the inspiration. So I've seen your work. We have one of the pieces here in studio today, but we're going to tell everybody how they can see it um, as we follow this journey with you. So I'm going to jump right in and ask you, how did you get started painting? Um, I think that, uh, as you know, being a creative person, you always use that creativity in one vein or another. And I had never um, had the guts to actually go take lessons because when I when you don't know what you're doing, you don't know you know you don't know how to get to what you want to accomplish. So it can be very frustrating. So um, I was in um, in Silicon Valley and I was doing high tech startups and I was the kind of the person that would figure out the um, go-to strategy and the go-to-market strategy or how to launch and how to brand. And so I was always, I always thought outside of the box, but then um, I, when I moved to Atlanta, I, um, I kept on seeing this vision. And, I, and as you know, as a creative person, inspiration can come to you. And if you don't honor that inspiration, you may not get it again, or it may come slower next time. So I had been reading a book about this and I thought, well, I don't know how to paint, you know, what am I going to do here? And so I um, finally, after nine months, I went to an art supply store and I got just a couple tips. I mean, I didn't know anything from oil to acrylic and, you know, and so um, I got this one, I don't even know why I didn't start with the small canvas, but I started with a large canvas and I put it on my wall because I didn't even have a, an easel and I painted it in my kitchen and I thought that was it. And um, people came over and they saw it and they got excited and I thought, well, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. And so I had my child moved away to Montreal and, um, and, you know, and then my life was so different up there. I wasn't doing high tech startups. I, I was taking care of my child and doing mom's groups, you know, and then um, but I kept on having this calling and I knew that I needed to honor it. And so now I pour, which is because I didn't ever get trained in how to do the brushstrokes. So it's really, it's really born out of curiosity and, and this inspiration that comes from source. So you said you pour, and that is a very unique technique mm -hmm. uh, specific to your painting style. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that and how it works. Yeah, so when I first started painting, again, I didn't know paint strokes or anything about the techniques. And um, I, I asked a few questions to, of people that were artists and that had been trained, and they said, no, don't, don't take any lessons. You've got something going. Just keep going. I mean, the first, I think the second painting I did, I actually did it with my lips because, and I kissed it. I'll have to show you this. Yeah. Um, but um, so I, I, I started looking on YouTube, of course, <laughs> and, uh, and I saw this um, interesting way of doing things. Before I was taking a, a paint, the first couple, I was taking a paintbrush and just doing dots. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's actually pointillism. I didn't even know what that was. And I looked it up and I started seeing that. And so I've got several, I've got a whole um, slew of paintings like that. But then I started getting fascinated with this, um, what happens when paint repels. So when you go get trained, you're often, what I found is you're taught how to blend paints. But I was really interested in what chemicals did and how it created this organic um, thing that you couldn't create with paint strokes. And so it started taking off. I saw this on YouTube and, and um, it started, people started adding in chemicals and doing these things that I felt were cheating. And they were creating these really cool organic cells, you know, circles. Um, and I thought it was beautiful and, and, and I tried it and then, you know, th things happen where you have to, you know, 
oftentimes things are born from necessity, right? So I was an artist. I'm trying to cut uh, corners with expenses. And so I tried to, to do things differently, and I came up with kind of my own way of pouring. So if you, so I can do the other kind of pouring, and I actually will be teaching that. And it's a cool thing to do, and I do it with my son and with the kids, and I love it. Um, but I was started getting, you know, how the art evolves, and I started getting into this texture, and it's mixing um, chemicals like, uh, like um, alcohol or um, mixing an, a latex with an, a, with an enamel or, or a, um, an acrylic and seeing how they repel and create these interesting textures organically. Wow. Well, may I interject for a minute here? Of I want course. to throw a question out. Okay. Again, we appreciate you being here, Lynn. This is terrific to have a guest in studio. And I want to touch on something that all three of us have in common, you, Lita, and myself. Mm-hmm. We're all three single parents, mm-hmm. single entrepreneurs. We all own businesses. And having said that, I know that we can and will do an entire podcast about that on down the road. Lita and I will. But, Lynn, I'd like for you to talk to us about your life uh, as an entrepreneur and as a single mom and how you balance the two. Yeah, and, and I'm also diabetic, and that just throws another thing in there, a whole other wrench. I think that, um, well, autoimmune disease and diabetes has a huge part of that because um, some days you just don't want to get out of bed. I mean, I in the past week I've had these lows in the middle of the night, and had I had a normal corporate 9-to-5 job, I don't know if I would have been able to be um, effective. And uh, so, I again, things are born out of necessity, and... Um, you know, I did the corporate thing for a long time, and I was always uh, wanting to break out of that box anyway. So I think that we have this entrepreneurial vein in us, but I think that also, and that makes what makes us cope with these kinds of situations. So I, so trying to juggle, you know, it's about priorities. The first and foremost is my son, and then, um, and then me and my health. And trying to make, you know, it's like a juggle all the time. It's really difficult. And I never knew how, how much my mother went through, my parents went through, because I come from a divorced uh, household. And so um, trying to date, trying to, uh, you know, keep my son healthy, trying to keep me healthy, trying to keep food on the table, and, and why I picked art. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy, right? But, um, but I do love it, and I kind of thrive on all of it. So can we get personal? Can we talk about your diabetes? And, are, and are we? <laughs> right? Well, not, I, and I know that's life and that's balance and, yeah, yeah. and I feel it and I don't have diabetes and I feel all those same struggles. But can I, what, what type do you have? Yeah, I know people yeah. listening. I mean, this is something that hits home for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Are, can we talk personal? And then Absolutely. let me ask you about, you know, chronic illness and, an and your diabetes. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm type one. And I was, I, I was diagnosed when I was 19, and they thought that I was type 2. So I learned a lot about type 2, but I learned a lot about nutrition, which I think we share a passion for as well. Um, I learned <clears throat> a lot about uh, uh, nutrition and how it affects type 2 diabetes, but it also affects type 1, and it's often neglected in the therapy for type 1. And so um, I, uh, I, you know, being on, there's insulin therapy, but there's also a whole other uh, there's everything affects type one, how much you sleep, how much stress you've had, how much, um, how active you are, you know, this, everything affects it. And it's something that's going on in the back of my mind always, you know, as we're sitting here, I'm thinking, um, I, you know, what's my sugar level so that I can be on point, um, you know, and, and so, 
Uh, I'm an advocate for children with type 1 diabetes. Um, I, I can't even imagine trying to manage all this at five. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I became a, a, um, a uh, whole food plant-based, um, well, a vegetarian 32 years ago. And, uh, and I understand you're a vegetarian too? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. High five. I know, right? <laughs> Derek I'm going to stay is out of that part of the yeah. conversation for now. No, absolutely. Mm. I am too. And before the show, so I'm going to lead into mm. this because I'd really like for you to talk about this mm -hmm. on air. WFPB diet. Yeah, whole food plant-based. Whole food plant-based diet. So okay. here's the thing. Because people, people, you say vegan and they get scared. Right. And oh, so, I can't eat anything. Right. There's, there's nothing on a vegan diet. And so for the longest time, I used to say, oh, I'm vegan-ish. Okay. You know, at home, we're vegan. But I don't want to be one of those people that scare everybody off of it. I want to help. You know, every time you eat, it's a decision of how you're going to feel the next day or week. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for the positive part. Like, eat good stuff, not what you can't eat. If you really need to go eat a burger, just be knowledgeable, just be educated about what that's going to do to you. So I don't like to say vegan. WFPB. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. The whole food plant-based yes. diet. And if you just lead with that in mind, then I think that you'll be healthy. You'll make good choices. Well, I know all three of us at this table are passionate about charity and philanthropy. Mm -hmm. We all do a lot of that and try to give back to our community as much as we can. But today, you are here and you're in the hot seat, so we want to talk to you about the charity that you work with very closely. I believe you're on the board of Camp Kudzu. Mm -hmm. Camp Kudzu is a wonderful organization. Um, it's, for, it's to support and educate and encourage uh, type 1 diabetics, children with type 1 diabetes. And, um, you know, like I said, it is such a complex, complicated disease that you're always thinking about in the back of your mind. And to support and help those kids that are managing that in a world where nobody, they look just like everybody else. And to, and it's easy to let it go and just be in denial and just um, be swimming in this high sugar level and do this damage that can last a lifetime. So I want to, um, so Camp Kudzu provides this, this support system in these camps for these kids where they don't feel like the only one, they have constant support and the families have support. So the adults say, oh, this is a place where I know that I don't have to worry about them. So for me, it hits home very personally. My daughter was diagnosed hypoglycemic. Mm. So she's pre-diabetic, uh, if that's even the correct term. It is. But it's challenging. And, mm -hmm. and I can't imagine um, with the insulin and all that you do, I, I know what it is to parent her at eight years old. And when her sugar is low, it's she's a different person mm -hmm. and the daily challenges and when she has outbursts in public and I don't have the right snack in my purse and mm -hmm. Derek's been with me plenty and uh, even in the mornings I mean you're just waking up the devil and the minute she eats she's a different person yeah so. uh, you know diet has so much to do with that and if you focus on a fiber I know that you're vegetarian but processed foods mm -hmm. nowadays the things that we have access to that we didn't have as kids it's so it affects their their mental state it affects their their um, ability to assimilate their insulin and and uh, you know be effective and so um, focus on a high fiber diet for her she she probably needs to kind of like calm those and manage those sugar levels mm -hmm. it, it helps yes and I definitely 
need to do even more research mm. than I probably have. So it doesn't get into <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get we'll together talk. on that. So I want to end with how can people see your work? You have absolutely beautiful paintings. I know you're in a gallery in Buckhead. Tell us about your social media. How can how okay. can all of our listeners find you? Well, I've got my website, lynnmcdonald.com, Lynn with an E, L-Y-N-N-E, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Um, and please come and like uh, my Facebook, Lynn McDonald's Gallery, and on Instagram at Lynn McDonald's Gallery. And um, I've got a show coming up. It's uh, to be determined. It's going to be on the first, but it's I'll put the address and everything on all my social media. I hope to do a couple of things with you we're yes. talking about. We've got some things in the works. We're going to try to have some some shows and some mm -hmm. events. Yes. And also all of the art at Lean Rosette in the shops of Buckhead is mine um, and on sale. So you can see everything there. Great. Well, thank you for thank coming you so today for and, and being our guest. Yeah. We really appreciate it. We could go on for hours. I know we could. <laughs> and we'll, we'll definitely have to do another show. We could pick any of these topics Love and, to. and do dig in deeper. That's kind of the problem with a podcast. You feel restrict, restrained by the time. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about one last thing before we go to the final part of this. And that is, could you please give us the website to learn more about Camp Kudzu? Yes, Camp Kudzu. Um, is it .org? I think it's .org, campkudzu.org. I should know that. But if you go to any of my social media, you'll see a link there. Okay, and so families can go there and learn more about the programs. Yes, absolutely. Terrific. Well, normally we end the show with a story. We always like for Lita, because she's full of all kinds of wonderful stories, to tell us about something in her uh, work history or something that is always in, uh, entertaining. But today I'm going to hijack that from you. Uh -uh. I didn't tell you, but I'm going to take the story time away I from you I got one in the queue. Well, it can mm -hmm. come later on. There'll be what plenty are you of other talk opportunities. About? Because of the fact Lynn is here with us today, and, and you as well, both of these wonderful ladies were uh, on the over, fab over, over 40 and fabulous uh, through Best Self Atlanta magazine. Uh, Sherry Adair, I understand, is the editor of the magazine, and they had a, a contest where people are nominated, and I know the year before Lita was in the top 15, uh, Lynn won overall, and you mentioned that earlier. She mm -hmm. was on the cover of Best Self Atlanta magazine uh, for the cover winner and, and had the honor of for a full year serving, and then Lita was the next year one of the top 15. Now, in, in going through Best Self Atlanta magazine, these are nominations. People nominate people, and then Ultimately, there's a vote that takes place, and the top 15 are selected. The criteria is feeling good, looking good, and doing good. And what you may or may not know is I'm the one that nominated you, No, you Lita. didn't. Yes. Aw, I, I did not know that. Everybody else probably wrote half a page. Well, I kind of wrote two full pages and kind of cut myself <laughs> off because it could have gone longer. But I touched on all three aspects, feeling good, looking good, and doing good. I talked about your character as a person. Um, something that we may have mentioned in prior shows, you donated a kidney to your dad. Yes, I that did. saved his life. Uh, and that's a phenomenal statement about your character Thank alone. Thank you. We're coming up on our anniversary. Yes, you are. Yes, as a matter of fact, you are. the kidney, kidney anniversary. And as part of being a kidney donor, I know that you've shared your story with many other donors and recipients prior to their donation and, and the procedure itself. And then after they had donated, you've talked to them on the phone. You've, you've met with people that have made the donation and received the donation to share your own personal story. You're also a single mom of two kids. Uh, you show them love. You're a perfect example for them. Um, they're never secondary to your career, which is a hard thing to do as a entrepreneur with multiple businesses. All of that was touched on, as I said, and what I wrote about you. And 
as an entrepreneur, you do have multiple businesses, but you also don't lose sight of community involvement. You involve the community in many aspects of your business with uh, uh, raising money for all kinds of things. We talked about Eli in one of the prior mm -hmm. shows for um, his Tazax disease. Uh, you've also done things for other uh charities and other programs you host a bible study i know at your store which was this morning mm -hmm. in fact a big group meets there every year but another interesting aspect of your life is you are a marathon runner uh 50ks 20ks trail runs and had a group of your best friends that you would go and do those but you kind of gave that up to be able to do the kidney donation knowing full well that it would take you quite some time to recover and get back to that and as important as that has been in your life you made that secondary to Again, making that donation and saving your dad's life. So you deserved to be among the best self over 40 and fabulous, just as Lynn did with her story. Lynn's story is terrific as well. And every single lady, and, and there's some gentlemen that have been honored with that as well, are very deserving of that honor. And, and there's an old saying that empowered women empower women. And I think we can say that about Sherry uh, for empowering you two. But also, too, I think we can say that about you two and everyone else who's been honored by that magazine. You are empowered women that do empower other women. And that's terrific. And, and that speaks volumes about both of you. So, again, here we go. And we're doing the wave again. We've got the wave going full speed here in the, in the studio. So thank you, Lynn, again, for being here today. Thank Terrific. Thank you so much for Lita. having me. Thank you. Thank you for letting well, me host. Thank you. I'm blushing big well, right now. That that's was, okay. I didn't that's know you okay. were going to do that. And everyone else, thank you so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design in the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available in your favorite podcast apps. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.